Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of The Cosmic Circle, the official podcast of The Cosmic Circus, where we discuss all things nerdy. On today's episode, we will be breaking down the DC film, The Flash. My name is Brian Kitson, head writer at The Cosmic Circus, and joining me today are Vic and Drew Reed. How are we doing today? Doing pretty good. Hey, guys, it's uh, it's Drew right here at The Cosmic Circus, and uh, I am ready to talk about The Flash. Hello, DC fans. Vic here. I hope you like our talk and let's go. Yeah, I'm really excited because I think we have a good group here. Uh, we have our super fan, Vic, who has been the Flash extraordinaire since he's been here. Um, and I feel like, Drew, you've been you've been pretty into the, the DC stuff. Um, and I'm a Marvel guy. So I feel like this is a very nice mix of things here. And we're going to see how we feel about this film. Um, so off the bat, I'm just wondering, when did the two of you see this film? Because I saw it like almost a month ago. And uh, I know that it wasn't the final film, but because it didn't have the ending. But I'm guessing when, when did you two see it? And we'll start with you, Vic. Thursday. So. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was not long ago because yesterday it was a second time that I've seen the movie. Oh, okay. So, so it was uh, first time was the day before. And mm-hmm. the second time was yesterday. My experience was similar to the first day screening, so it wasn't that mm-hmm. bad. But I mean, if I had time, I'd go on today, I'd go on tomorrow, <laughs> on Monday, on Tuesday, etc. It was Am I am I shocked? No. Yeah. <laughs> um okay, that being said, then seeing we it seems like Vic has seen it quite a few times and plans on seeing it more. Um, and everybody has seen the film, which is good. Um the DCEU up to this point has been a pretty mixed bag. You know, some people like certain movies over others. Some of them are complete messes. Um, and we're actually nearing the end of this universe. Um, so where does this film, where does the Flash rank for you with the rest of the DC, DE, DCEU films? Um, man, this is, it's hard because it's like, you know, you, I feel like everybody's DCEU rankings are so controversial. Every film is, has, is so controversial in ranking. I mean, people, you know, like people like the Snyder films, you know, you have James Gunn that came in and did Suicide Squad, you know, people, some people really like Shazam and some people really don't like Shazam. Some people feel certain ways about Aquaman, but I think the flash is like uh, a little bit higher than the middle of the pack. Um, Makes sense. Yeah, so you know, personally, me, um, my one of my favorite movies of all time, and I'm gonna catch some heat, but one of my favorite movies of all time is uh, Man of Steel. Um, yes, it was a. I remember being like the movie came out when I was 13, and I just remember coming out of that movie just like being totally like in awe of what I just saw. Like, I know some for for a lot of people, it hasn't aged very well, but um, I just. You know, that's still one of my favorite movies of all time. And I just love like, you know, Henry Cavill and um, I love Zod. And so it's it's nice to see Michael Shannon back in this movie. Um, I would say The Flash probably comes in like fourth or fifth place. I, I think I put Man of Steel, um, Snyder Cut, James Gunn, Suicide Squad. Um, yeah, I think I think the Flash might go in fourth. I, I think I like it more than I liked it more than Aquaman. Um, I liked it more than probably I liked it more than Batman vs Superman, and uh, just okay. actually, you know, Wonder Woman might the first Wonder Woman might beat out this movie. It's like really close between the Flash and Wonder Woman. 
I think those are uh, close for me. This just personal rankings for me. I know Vic is shaking yeah. right now, but uh, yeah, man, I, I'm hearing <laughs> Wonder Woman is a good movie, and I'm just getting triggered. The first, I really liked the first Wonder Woman movie. I thought it was great. I mean, I don't know what happened with the second one, but I really loved the first one. I think maybe just because I like war movies, so that one really resonated with me. But uh, yeah, it's probably it's probably like fourth or fifth, somewhere in the middle middle of the pack. Okay, Vic, where is it for you? <laughs> <laughs> no surprises there, but I mean, after those two screenings, it's still on the first place. But I mean, before uh, the Flash release, Snack Snyder's Justice League was the, on the first place. So I mean, okay. I think it will change after some time. Maybe after I don't know two three months. Maybe after I see it in home uh, when it's on HBO Max. Yes, still HBO Max in Europe for for two three years, um, two Ooh. three more years. So. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, my DCU top is like it's different than uh, than other people than others people. I mean, in my top three is the Flash, Zack Snyder's Justice League, and uh, Batman v Superman. So it's like Snyder Snyder trilogy more or less. But you I know, mean, I think yeah. I think that that. I mean, I think you can't go wrong. You know, everybody has their own um, favorites. I will say that for me, The Flash was one of my top ones. I was I was shocked at how well it was compared to some of the other films I had seen. Um, I know this is going to catch a lot of heat. I did not like James Gunn's Suicide Squad, and I've never made it through Peacemaker. But Man of Steel's always been one of my favorite. That's been like the shining example of a DC film. And it's kind of interesting that the opening of the DCEU and then this film kind of bookends that, you know, granted we have two more films, but it's kind of the, the epilogue of that. And so we get these two very interesting stories um, that tell that. Before we jump in, though, I should say, spoiler warning, there will be spoilers from this film. Um, that's why you're here. That's what you want to hear our opinions. You want to hear what we think. So what did we like about this film? Because I know that Twitter's full of people who did not like this film or have very strong opinions about this film. But let's start with the good, because that's what we're here for, to be positive lights for the Cosmic Circus. So, Drew, yeah. what did what did you like about this film? Yeah, so, man, you know, it's hard. When I first see a movie, it takes me a little while to process uh, my feelings on a movie. I went into The Flash with a lot of really high expectations. I mean, when you're doing two Flashes, you know, Michael Keaton, Batman, you're introducing Supergirl, you're bringing back Zod, you're doing the kind of multiverse kind of thing it's like you know your your expectations are high you know it's like it's like no way home you you have really high expectations for what you're gonna see for the most part i i, I did like this movie um i really liked some of the action that we got um i liked the desert uh, you know the uh i think a lot of people were, were not happy with it, the cgi and just how flat the desert looked but i, I really just i really love when we get like these big action set pieces. That's that's like my favorite thing. I think that's probably part of the reason why I liked Manage Steel is because you just get these big kind of crazy action set pieces. And so I, I did enjoy the I enjoyed the third act. I enjoyed um I enjoyed the first the opening um the chase between you know bat uh Ben Affleck's Batman and uh you know the 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 car chase. You know, I thought that was like probably mm -hmm. Ben Affleck's you know, that, that, that was up there with some of his best action as Batman. Um, you know, obviously, I think a lot of people argue the Batman versus Superman warehouse fight scene is probably the best. Yeah, but um, I think that was really cool. I, I really enjoyed that. You don't really see, like, 
you never really see Batman in the daytime and like a big chase like that. And it just, I thought it was really cool. Um, I think it was a nice kind of like wrap up for Ben Affleck's Batman. I think that was a really high point in the movie. Um, I liked a lot of the Siberia stuff too. Um, I liked the rescuing of Supergirl. And uh, I like when you know, the first time you see Ben or uh, Michael Keaton's Batman swoop in there and uh, fight a bunch of bad guys. That, that was really kind of like, you know, it's going to make a lot of people feel really nostalgic. So um, yeah, the action set pieces and mixed with a lot of the um, first act writing, I thought was really good. The exposition, there, there was a really, the exposition was really good in this movie. I, I enjoyed that. Well, for me, I mean, the first thing that comes to my, that comes to my mind, it's the best thing about this movie is that it's not the one-to-one adaptation of the comic book and that they removed that Christina Hudson removed all that stuff about Atlanteans and uh, the Amazonian war and all the things that made the comic book and the animation but yes sorry for me those uh, this those stories in the comic book and the animation uh, are bad I don't like them and I think that's that by by taking the those most important elements like Barry losing his powers, uh, meeting another Batman who's not our Barry's Bruce Wayne, uh, changing the history, uh, meeting uh, meeting uh, Barry Barry's parents and all that. I think the story is one of the best things in this movie. And beside it, I don't know. I really like the suit. It looks better on the big screen. I'm I'm really trying not to fanboying over here and <laughs> I'm trying to keep my emotions, but <laughs> have your emotions. Yeah, but I can't say that there are bad things in this movie. I mean, I'm one of those people that don't care about CGI in in certain movies, and it's one of those movies. It's like it's barely visible for me. I know I, I'm wearing glasses, but all the but but still, I didn't notice anything that was bad. Maybe those babies at the beginning. Oh but... yeah, the babies. Yep. That's gonna be a yeah. They were really creepy, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. But beside it, I mean, Speed Force was meant to look like it, like this. So so you you I know, know I have this I have this down a little bit later, but you know. They said that the idea is, of, of course, this is the quote. The idea, of course, is we are in the perspective of the Flash. Everything is distorted in terms of light and textures. That feels like an excuse to have bad CGI because yeah. when I saw it a month ago, and I've told, told the story in the, the writing group, my mm-hmm. nephew, who d- does not have problems with CGI, he thinks that the Flash TV show is one of the best things that's ever happened. He looked at me and he goes, what was that? He's like, that CGI was really bad. And I think that like it's one of those things like after it happens and people are saying this and all the reviews come out, all the fans are saying that was really bad. They're like, oh yeah, well, it's supposed to be that way. I feel like that was just like an afterthought. Yeah, I mean, we can all agree that the Speed Force CGI is, I mean, they can say things like this and we can understand it, but anything outside the Speed Force is mm-hmm. discussionable. Yeah, yeah. Uh... With the Chronoble, I mean, that's what it's called, right? The Chronoble? Chronosphere? Something like that. 
let's say multiverse yeah, or timeline there, or speed force. There was or... real. No, there was. There wasn't really any legit. So outside of the cameos, which we'll get into later, um, when he's looking into the past, you know, to at points to go back to, and you, you know, they spin in a circle, and you see all this stuff happening. I don't really see any logistical way for them to do that in live action. I think CGI was, in terms of like a logistic way of, of doing that, I think CGI makes sense for that, but obviously the CGI wasn't very, it wasn't touched up very well. Other than that, yeah, I mean, there were some rough sequences of mainly Barry running. Um, some stuff in the desert was pretty rough. Yeah, there, there, there was, uh, you know, funny enough, I think like, uh, I think the first, like the stuff with Ben Affleck's Batman was, was the most touched up in the beginning. I didn't really notice any bad CGI with that. And like there was like a decent amount of CGI like with Ben Affleck's Batman in that part. And mm-hmm. um, other than that, yeah, they're 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 definitely uh, gets a little rough in terms of uh, visual effects. I, I mean, I, I, people are going to complain about the Speed Force and and the cameos and the Speed Force, and uh, I'm sure yeah. we have we have more to touch on that later. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I will say that for things that I liked about this film, there was there was a lot that I did like because, as I said, this is my favorite one of my favorite DC films. Um, I think that the Ben Affleck Batman stuff was probably the best Batman Batfleck that we've had to date. Like it just was like pure, just adrenaline fun. He seemed like he was having fun with it. That he, Like there wasn't like a lot of influence by behind the scenes stuff. I thought that was fantastic. The CGI of the babies, yeah, that was questionable. But I liked that the beginning of the film felt like like so much like just like a fun Barry story because the Flash is really fun. And, you know, while there's heavy parts, which, Vic, I'm sure you can attest to this, sometimes the Flash, the TV show, gets a little too heavy on that. Uh, the, the heartfelt moments, it did a good job of having that fun Barry. And I also think that this was Ezra Miller's best performance as Barry. I think that they did a really good job um with less of the social awkwardness that they had in the first um in the justice league justice league and so i really liked that and i liked the the family story again flashpoint's a great story i love that they took those adaptations and they they kind of messed with it kind of changed it up as, as Vic said but there was some still there was some stuff to be desired kind of like i guess the villains i don't know how you guys felt but i felt like there the lack of villain or like the underplay of general zod um until we got to Barry in the last couple of minutes um I feel like there was something missing from the film in that aspect of like there needed something more but I guess you know Vic what did you think of it did you think that the villains were okay or did you think that maybe they needed a little more time to flesh them out I mean I don't treat them as villains of this movie because for me the villain is Barry and because I mean he's disrupting the timeline and he's I mean our Barry from our era from DCU is the main villain of this movie and the mm-hmm. hero. So it's like, I really love the idea of removing Reverse Flash from the equation. I mean, they probably they would probably say that he was the one who killed Nora and all that, but I don't yeah, think, I think that, so. I think, um, I think Andy Muschietti um, said that mm. in a recent interview, actually. I think it might've been today or yesterday. It was this today. He, yeah, I think he said that it was the reverse flash um, and they were going to explore that story in a sequel if that ever happened. Yeah, I mean, it can happen because it can be uh, an Elseworld story. So, I mean, if the movie earns some money, 
I think they talked about seven hundred and seventy billion billion million dollars or something like that. The box office mm. close to Batman Returns. Yeah, I mean, they'd be lucky to get to that. I, I, they they said if they were going to do this sequel, it would have to make as much as the Batman, like Robert Pattinson's Batman. Um, well, it looks a little bit more like we're heading towards like five hundred million, probably. I mean, yeah. ultimately, uh, in my personal opinion, I think that they're going to do. I think James Gunn is just hard rebooting. I don't think there's any chance of, and I think Machete. Signing on to Brave and the Bold kind of closes the door on that. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, the door are always open because maybe when they when they all want to do a crisis on infinite earths in like 15, 20 years, they they'll probably fill up some slots with elsewhere stories. So so yeah, but sure. I mean this movie is the second best flashpoint adaptation because for me the fair, the flashpoint adaptation from the TV show is Really good because we can see everything uh, that happened before and after Barry calls the flashpoint. So, so there goes it. But this is the second best story because it's story about Barry. It focuses on Barry on his relation with with himself, but but we also see how he loves his mother, his father, and all that. And there's a lot of screen time focused on. Uh, Barry, not on Batman, not on Cyborg, uh, in the adaptation, in the animation and the comic book, of course. So it's really good, and I think the decision to f- make it about Barry and only him, like ninety percent of screen time, and focusing on him, on the, his problems, on his I don't know how to say mm-hmm. it, but his emotions. Oh yeah, his emotions about. Uh, about what happened so yeah and also about Ben Affleck I want to add he's my favorite Batman he was my favorite back Batman since BVS so yeah so mm-hmm. seeing him for the last time and this conversation with Barry maybe we'll go grab a bite maybe next time it's it's like you know he's not Batman anymore and it's, it's yeah. so sad mm-hmm. yeah I think they did him justice I think they uh did Ben Affleck justice in this movie. Um, when you mentioned that this is a very Barry Allen-centric movie, it is. I mean, I, as far as I can remember, there's only, uh, I think there's only a, maybe a handful of scenes that it doesn't directly involve Barry. Even with the inclusion of Supergirl and um, Batman, I was really surprised by how much, how, how Barry-heavy the movie was. And that, I think that's a good mm-hmm. thing. I think they kind of said that before movie coming out people were worried they're like you know you know keaton's coming in there he's going to take a lot of the screen time up and and supergirl and zod and all this stuff and um i was really surprised by how very heavy it was and um like you said the villain of this movie definitely is barry there is a lack of villains barry is definitely the uh villain the hero and the villain in this movie i think uh and i think it's kind of you know they they went for kind of a poetic kind of thing you know you're you're your own villain and and the Flash can actually manifest that into reality and become like, you know, the Dark Flash. Um, I thought Zod was a little bit wasted in this movie. Um, maybe that's just because Michael Shannon really wasn't feeling it. He kind of looked like he phoned it in a little bit. Um, <laughs> if Absolutely. You go, yeah, if you go watch Man of Steel and then you watch this movie, Michael Shannon just like does not want to be there. He definitely, like, I've never seen an actor 
phone in a performance as heavy as Michael Shannon did in this movie. Um, you can tell that he really did not have a good time. And that, that's unfortunate. You know, you kind of hope when you get somebody to sign on that they're going to, they're going to, um, you know, put some effort into it. And, I, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily knock Michael Shannon because Zod really doesn't have any substance in this movie. He's got no, no message, no kind of substance or anything. He's kind of just a plot device. So mm-hmm. I get it. Um, but yeah, I think that was a little disappointing. I really love Zod as a villain. I think he's the best DCEU villain. He had a very limited amount of screen time and uh, there was not a ton of effort in it. <laughs> you know, I definitely think that when there was so much of the, like the first part of the DCEU focused kind of on Zod because we had him in, uh, you know, Man of Steel and then his body was used for Doomsday. And like, mm-hmm. there was like such a huge component of having Zod as this bad guy I was really excited because I loved him in, you know, Man of Steel and it did feel very flat. And I was like, oh, like I knew he wasn't the villain, but I was like, I was expecting more because like this should have felt like something. And Mm -hmm. instead it kind of felt like a little bit like filler. And then also, and then Darkberry also didn't feel very fleshed out. Like, you know, I think the film, it felt like three distinct chapters of a story, which is fine. But then like the only thing time together was the dark flash. And then he was only in it for like, five ten minutes at the end five minutes at most yeah yeah right um i saw a lot of people arguing about that um that his kind of looming presence is his like i don't know how they would include him in the story i've been trying to play that out in my head i'm like you know do they put him in the desert and do they have the two berries fight him in the desert while supergirl fights Zod and batman's doing whatever he's doing and um i just don't know how that would work because this dark flash wants them to keep going back in time and they, he wants them to keep doing this right he wants barry the second barry to become that manifestation of himself and it's like they kind of wrote themselves into a corner you know how do you include this dark flash in the film without him interfering in like dark flash only happens if ezra like if barry goes on if goes on this journey where he gets kicked out of the timeline and does exactly what he does with the second with the younger Barry so you know trying to include the dark flash in that I don't really know how they would write him into the movie um besides like you know that he was in Barry's like dreams that one like scene and and then obviously he was in the end and uh beyond that I just don't really know how else they would include him I've been trying to think about it I really have like I just haven't been able to kind of put it together in my head I guess yeah I mean he was a substitute for reverse flash so i mean there was i don't know if there was any other way to to substitute yabertone it's like you can remove an evil speedster from the story but it's still the outcome is the same barry has to understand that changing uh the history that saving his mother which is a fixed point in time is not the way to go and by doing this is destroying the timeline and all that and i saw that um some people are saying that this decision about uh destroying the timeline just because he saved his mother is i don't know if it's uh, it's an absurd or something but i mean they said it in the comic books and all that even Keaton himself said that in this movie that by changing thing that's that it's fixed and also it's the reason why Barry became the Flash you can change it because then you'll make a mess and you'll destroy everything and 
I mean, it's pretty obvious. So <laughs> they also seen that uh, the scene with uh, the tomatoes. <laughs> it doesn't mm -hmm. make sense for some people, but uh, it it also reminds it also reminds not only me but all the people that you can't change big things, but you can change the smaller the smaller ones and like release bar releasing Barry's father from the prison. It's the way to go. If I remember correctly, uh, in many versions of the story, his father dies in prison, and I think that only in the show and in this movie they release him. So it's really nice to, to see them reconnect once again, <laughs> maybe for the last time in this version. I do think that it's... I loved the fact about the canon tomatoes being the reason. With a lot of times, time travel stories and things like that, messing with time, I think that sometimes things like that are over are overlooked or brushed over. But one of my favorite films is The Butterfly Effect uh, from the early 2000s. And that whole film is just about how one event changes everything. And every time you try to change it, you know, like it, it is that simple butterfly effect that one thing could send you on trajectory. And he has to become the Flash by having those tomatoes. It is just a, uh, it's a heartbreaking story, you know, especially for Barry. Yeah, the... Um... <clears throat> certainly the best aspect of the story is the relationship between Barry and his mom. Anytime, um, anytime Barry's mom is on screen, I feel like there's a lot of heart. That's where you feel a lot of the heart and emotion mm -hmm. of this film. And that's where it kind of lands the most. I think that's probably where a lot of people who are watching the movie um, really felt something when watching this movie. Cause a lot of the times with these big action movies, you kind of miss out on the heart, you know, having heart in these movies is really important. And I think making the main aspect of this story between Barry and his mom um, and his whole kind of motivation for that, it puts a little bit of emotion behind this movie. You kind of, uh, in a way, root for him because you, you kind of feel what he's going through. And um, I think that it's probably one of the brighter points, you know, one of the, the, um, the best kind of plot points of this movie, I'd say. Yeah, I'm... I'm... Each of us can identify with Barry at this point because who doesn't love his mother? It's like, Most, yeah. yeah, she right. was great in this movie. Um, oh, yeah. Speaking of, I guess, greatness of this, who, like, what um, maybe did you feel was fantastic or stood out among the actors who maybe didn't get utilized as much as possible? Mm -hmm. I, for one, am. I loved that Ron Livingston took over the role of Henry Allen. I thought he did a great job. I wish there was a little more of him. Um, but I feel like um, Kiersey Clemens was a little underutilized as Iris West. I wanted a little bit more of that. I wish we would have seen more of the alt Iris West. Um, because Iris West is so, you know, uh, integral to the story of Barry Allen. And I just wanted a little more of that. And she's so fantastic. And... And obviously, like I said, I think that Ezra Miller did a great job. I mean, I, who isn't great on this list, though? Sasha Kelly as uh, Akara, she killed it. Michael Keaton as, Bat as Batman. I mean, the list goes on and on for this film, personally for me. But who do you feel did a great job and who do you feel maybe didn't? So Ryan Livingston and Billy Crudup were like the same person. <laughs> but like, you, you really couldn't tell a difference in this movie. Um yeah, Ron, Ron Livingston was good in, in a lot of the scenes that he was in. Um, obviously, Barry's mom, the actress who played Barry's mom, was probably one of the better actresses. She really kind of sold that. Like, I think I, you know, I just mentioned that she kind of really sold it really well. Um, 
the relationship between Barry and his mom. Sashikai was, uh, man, they really underutilized her in this movie. She was, she had like at most five to 10 minutes of screen time, probably mm. more towards like 10 minutes of screen time, but she was in this movie less than like, you know, Andrew Garfield and Tommy McGuire were in No Way Home, which was kind of disappointing. Um, she was such a high point in this movie. I love her suit. Um, the, oh, yeah. the Supergirl suit is so awesome. I just love the, uh, I love like the red on the shoulders. I think at first I was kind of like, eh, but it looked so good in this movie. I really liked her suit. And um, I made a, I made a tweet. I was like, you know, James Gunn, you got to keep, you got to keep her a Supergirl because I really enjoyed her performance. I think she, I thought she was one of the better points, the better characters in this movie. Michael Keaton was Michael Keaton. I mean, you know what you're going to get. You, you know, you watch Batman, you, you you know who Michael Keaton is, you know what you're going to get. It was great, you know. Um, right. He's awesome as Batman. Um, the character, only character I didn't really like was the younger Barry uh, from the alternate timeline. I just thought he was overtly annoying on purpose because they were like, we need to make this a younger Barry who's inexperienced and, and they just made him like unbearably annoying. Like I was, mm -hmm. there was just some scenes where I was just like, I really am not loving this character. Um, towards the end of the movie, he kind of matures, you know, once you see him get into the desert and into the chronosphere, chronobowl, when they when he kind of sacrifices himself for our prime Barry. I know that's a big spoiler, but, you know, hopefully everybody's seen the movie before watching this. But, um, yeah, I think the writing for him was kind of poor at some points, the younger Barry. Um, a, little bit, a little bit unbearingly uh, annoying, but... Yeah, I think everybody gave really strong performances. Um, ben Affleck just looked like he was having fun. And that's like really nice to see because you know how mm -hmm. much the past movies really affected him. Um, the 45 second <laughs> Wonder Woman cameo. It was nice to see them, Batman and Wonder Woman, interact like one last time because you feel like they had, they were almost bigger characters than Superman was in like, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, Justice League and stuff so um, I think everybody kind of it, it was easy for everybody to give good performances in this movie. Don't yeah. forget about Alfred. He was also in this movie. <laughs> for like 15 seconds. <laughs> yeah. Does it even count? <laughs> yeah I mean for me I especially I'm not a fan of Albert or Julian Albert or whatever you want to call him uh the the person that uh, tom felton played in in, in the in the tv show uh and patty i mean they were like there to to show that barry is working with them and all that and the changes and he made the timeline i i'm not a big fan of, of their performance sure. uh wonder woman's like i mean can we talk about uh what was in the previous versions of the movie or sure absolutely go ahead okay so i was a really big fan of the idea to bring the justice the whole justice league at the beginning of the movie without ray of course there was no talk about bringing ray fisher yeah i don't think and ray it, fisher was ever in it yeah he was never in it maybe as archival footage i don't know i'm not sure but i really love the idea of bringing merchant manhunter because this movie is happening after Zack Snyder's Justice League, and they're mm. saying even they're mentioning the events from this movie in this in this one, and mm -hmm. I really love it. So, 
of course, there was uh, Martian Manhunter, Batman, uh, Wonder Woman, and I think the Cavill was supposed to be... Cavill footage was supposed to look like this one uh, in the movie, but different, and also like the archival footage, but I feel like this scene should be longer. The whole the Justice League... What? Like the, fir- the first 15 minutes? Yeah, like the whole Justice League working together, like uh there should be mm-hmm. barry and batman and after two three minutes the the rest of the team should join and yeah there was a thing. there was another there was the uh the original cut i think before james Gunn changed before the new regime came in i think the the ending of the movie was uh i think the end of the movie was keaton uh sasha Kai and cavill and wonder woman i think that was like the yeah. kind of justice league that they were forming i think Aquaman. Uh, no uh there was uh bad girl shazam uh supergirl uh Keaton. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know if they ever shot anything for the movie though i think as far as no no no, no. it was on the paper it was just an idea mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think they were mm-hmm. supposed to shoot it uh after bad girl was released yeah i think cavill actually shot something that i think yes he, yeah. he, him and like gal gadot and uh Jason Momoa were the only ones who actually shot something for the end of the movie, um, like that ending kind of Justice League thing. I mean, obviously we've seen a lot. We've seen like the Supergirl and, and uh, the Batman. We've seen Keaton at the courthouse. We've seen Supergirl. Like those those set pics from like two yeah. years ago. Yeah. Um, There's even the scene uh, in the promo from yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the scene uh, from which was super odd. Yeah, it's super weird. I mean, obviously they can't do that ending anymore. Yeah. They kind of had to do what they makeshift ending this time yeah I'm, um, i mean they can easily release it as an alternate ending on blu-ray or something but they do that There's anymore no for it. <laughs> yeah you know this film while it had tons of cameos of our established dceu uh, individuals superheroes there's also lots of cameos once we got to the speed force in the end what are some of your favorites from those so I have a very I have a favorite and I have a very clear least favorite. Um, I'll talk okay. about the I'll talk about the least favorite first. Um, Christopher Reeves, not a fan of that. Um, Why can I ask? Yeah, I just think that doing CGI, just doing a CGI character, I think it just feels really lazy. They very easily could have done arch- archival footage, like footage that he actually shot. You know, like they're looking into these universes. There's no like we don't need to see them as CGI. You could just see them. You could just see him flying like in another unit, like, you know, like in, when, when you're peeking into that universe and through like archival footage from the old Superman movies. And um, that would have been just as fun. Like um, I think the people make a lot of, uh, a lot of good points that it's a little bit disrespectful to put a dead actor in a new movie as a CGI character. I don't love that. I agree with a lot of those. I agree. Um, I don't know if they had Christopher Reeves family sign off on it. I don't know if there's any kind of story regarding that. I didn't love that. What I did love was uh, Nick Cage Superman. I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah. That was awesome, especially seeing that concept art drawing come to life where he's fighting the big mechanical spider. I just thought it looked awesome. Like it just it, that was such a, that was such a great like cameo, and it sucks that like. You had the <clears throat> you had the Christopher Reeve cameo right before that kind of like brings it down a little bit, um, but I thought that was just so cool. I really loved that. Um, that was my favorite cameo. Yeah, I, mean, I think. Yeah, go ahead. 
and say going off what you said, I think that part of that also applies to George Reeves, especially when there was a lot of controversy surrounding that. And we won't necessarily go into that, but I think that like that definitely left a lot of bad taste in people's mouths about um, bringing back CGI characters of individuals. And correct me if I'm wrong, I think that they actually said that um, Nicolas Cage wasn't on set either. That was all CGI as well. I, I think mean, we're still waiting for more details regarding that. Because I think yeah. somebody's. I think there was more information today that Andy. said that Nick Cage and Helen Slater were both on set and they were in the the Superman suits. Gotcha. And this, but, but that's. I don't know if that's confirmed or not. There's a lot of information that flies around. There's some people who said that he wasn't on set at all. Some people who are saying that he was on set in the actual suit. I think that I, th- I read something that said that they actually used the re- like the actual suit that was made for the movie and they used it oh, on awesome. set. That's that's unconfirmed, so don't take it as as word. But um, I read you heard it here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I read something about that this morning. Um, yeah, Nicholas Cage definitely looked touched up with CGI. I mean, it wasn't just for like sure. straight up Nick Cage. It was definitely like a touched up Nick Cage. You know, there was mm-hmm. there was definitely some CGI in there. Okay. All right, Vic. Who was your favorite? Okay, Drew already mentioned him. Nick Cage. I mean, dream come true. It was uh it was awesome. I high fived my my friend who was with me on on the screening. We're like we were fanboying and screaming. Uh, <laughs> oh my god it was awesome also remember that he was supposed to appear in the crisis on on infinite earths mm-hmm. almost three years ago and wow but but i'm really glad they did it also george Clooney. you can't right i'm sorry i forgot about that that wasn't in my screening that, my film ended before that yeah that's so bizarre it's like what are they I don't know why they, they had to keep that like such a huge secret it's not going anywhere they're not doing anything mm-hmm. with it like James Gunn, just mean, said he, James Gunn already publicly said that they're not casting him in Brave and the Bold. Yeah, but there is one movie coming this year. That can you think it's going to be an Aquaman? Uh, no, I don't think it'll be an Aquaman. I mean, I think, and I heard some things that he was initially in the one of the versions from a few months ago, like two, three. I don't know. I'm not so sure. But I mean, remember what they did to Affleck, what they did to Kitten and Aquaman. So yeah, I, I don't. I think that they're probably not. I don't even think that they're gonna have a Batman in the movie, honestly, at this point. Yeah, I mean, no Batman, but Bruce Wayne. I mean, mm-hmm. well, yeah, like Bruce Wayne. Yeah, yeah, but um, I'm gonna yeah. say that uh, you may not like Clooney's Batman, but you must love his Bruce Wayne. I mean. He was okay. He was really I think lovely. Yeah, I think Clint is a fine Bruce Wayne, fine Batman. I don't have any issue with him. His movie sucks, but yeah, I think yeah. good writing. I mean, Clint is a great actor. I don't have any. I don't have any issue with Clint. Um, it just feels like, uh, <laughs> you know, Barry uh, yeah. says at the end, you know, he says, "Who the f is this guy?" And that's kind of how it feels. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah, watching that, like, I'm like, this just feels like why are they doing this? You know, it's like sure. I, I, cameos are fun. But yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't like. I didn't really love it. Yeah, I'm not. I don't have any problem with cameos as long as they don't have any other role in the movie. Like you have a cameo, and then just all of a sudden, it's really important for the story. Like if this person didn't meet uh, this person for these five seconds. The, the whole story would, would collapse or anything. Like, cameos are cameos. They don't have to 
you know to affect the story in any other way than just being there for fun or any sure. or anything but uh also remember there was a uh, Nikolai Koster Valdau in this movie and Andy Muschetti had a cameo they they had yeah a that cameo. was so random I like did a double take I'm like was that Jamie Lannister <laughs> yeah I mean I think they were playing the same character because Barry Steele's pizza God. No, first he steals uh, the berry too, steals pizza from uh, Costa Waldau. Yeah, yeah. And then Arbari steals uh, the hot dog from Shepard Yeah, hot dog. Fans. Yeah, because he's trying to catch the pepperoni while he's running super speed. Yeah, uh, that was funny. That yeah, part the... was kind of funny. Like when, when he caused all that like chaos in the city, I thought that was, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I thought that was definitely like one of the funnier funnier parts of the movie. Yeah, but to keep it short, I'm not a big fan of the. I think the Iris West was the cameo, and sure. uh, and I mean I also love that. But and just to be completely clear, I mean nothing wrong by that, but I don't have a problem with those cameos in the Chronospheres or anything like that. Sure. I know people have problems with it. I completely understand it, but this doesn't change anything for me. Okay, so let me ask you, the, the two of you, this. Who else from the entire DC pantheon of films and television shows would you have liked to see cameo in this if they were going to show up instead? Maybe we're, we'd replace Christopher Reeves or something, but who do we want to see show up? A pretty easy answer is Grant Gustin. I think he deserved to be in. I think he deserved to be in the movie. Um, it's a shame that he was cut, considering how long they were talking about a cameo from him. You know, I honestly, uh, like, I, I thought he could have even had like a small role in this movie, and it would have been fun. I'm a, I'm a Cavill guy. I like Cavill Superman. It's just, it's just the Superman I grew up on. Um, I would have liked to see him in this movie. I mean, Supergirl's awesome. Uh, I really like her, and I hope she continues. Um, cameo wise, I think, you know, this movie really fills a lot of cameos. I mean, Teddy Sears, that was such a random cameo. And I'm reading that it wasn't even intentional. Like, it wasn't supposed to be Teddy Sears or something, but, like... Yeah, it was supposed to be John Wesley <laughs> like, it was Sheep. supposed to be, like, Golden Age, like, Jay Garrick. Yes. But, and like, and you have John Wesley Sheep, who plays the exact yeah, same just character. Was such a weird... That was such a bizarre... I'm like, Teddy Sears. I'm like, why are they doing this? It was such a weird thing. Yeah, I think, you know, who else could you have had? They kind of really did everybody you know you i'm welling had... come on yeah. og superman yeah they did that in crisis though they did tom welling and they did uh you know brandon how do you pronounce Ralph. Brandon? is it Ralph? 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 Ralph. 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 i'm calling yeah. i'm calling him roof because he got a good easy. role in uh crisis i mean it would have been cool to see him you know isn't he arguably christopher reeves superman isn't i mean canonically can, canonically it's the same <clears throat> superman but from superman to director scott not from the three and four. Yeah, I mean, past Supermans would have been cool. Uh, I would have liked to see Jack Nicholson Joker, you know, from, oh, from that Keaton, good Keaton's one. universe. That would have been really cool. Um, well, you got Cesar Romero's instead. Cesar Romero, they could have done that too. But yeah, I think they, I think they had their fill of cameos. I think they really like, <clears throat> they really, uh, they had that one big cameo montage, and I think that was good. I think they, they did everything that they needed to do besides Grant Gustin. That's okay. how I feel about it. Yeah, I mean, for me, easily Grant. Uh, they could have easily just show the uh, the scene from Crisis, like Barry runs, like when Barry 
runs to the past uh, for the first time. And we could just easily see the, the scene and it's like, oh, he, it's him and Grant and he's just passing by and that's it. Yeah. I'll be happy. But no, they had to destroy it for me. <laughs> but uh, from the other productions, I mean, Keanu would be nice. Would be nice. I mean, Ken Reeves okay. as Constantine. Not bad. Steven Amell as Spectre, because he's a multiversal being now. <laughs> he's connected to the whole multiverse. Sure. But but from the movies, hmm, I'm not so sure. There's just like Drew said, there's a lot of cameos. Just we could show we could have shown every single superhero that have ever been in the live action. My question is, why didn't they bring in Linda Carter's Wonder Woman if they were doing all was, these old classic ones? She was in the movie. They cut her. Yeah, she was in the movie. They they did cut her, and uh, they said I can't remember who else they cut. Uh, I know it was Linda Carter, which is unfortunate because it's like you know, like you have like the original Batman, or not technically not the original Batman. You don't have Adam West in there, but uh, you know you had Linda Carter and Christopher Reeves, and. Uh, or you, you would have had you could have had Linda Carter and Christopher Reeves. I, I think cool. they cut the first Batman also, like the first verse from the night. You didn't have Adam West? Nope. I, I had Adam I, West. I had Adam West also. Maybe I did, and I just don't like remember. the it was this I think when you when you when you heard the original TV Joker laughing, yeah, you see yeah. Adam West running. I mean, maybe I, <laughs> there was such a, it was so fast that like I mean, it was just was like the chronosphere. It was another Earth, yeah. just like there were three Earths, yeah. and yeah, yeah, it maybe they just, did have Adam. West. It was on the side. I really couldn't remember to be honest. Well, that's okay. So I think we're all in agreement that Grant Gustin should have been in this film, and he was robbed <laughs> yeah they did him dirty they yeah did him dirty. i'm gonna say it uh james if you won't hire grant as the flash in the dcu i'm gonna be mad <laughs> Bri- well, you could pass it deserves. on to someone else you could pass it on to someone else yeah the guy uh, deserves to be i honestly don't respected. even think they're gonna do the flash for a little while in the dcu i think they're gonna do some new characters yeah. i mean in the Team up movie. We can talk about it. We can't talk yeah, about I mean, it right now, but yeah. New Frontier yeah. is the flash in New Frontier. Uh yeah, the, I mean yeah. all the heroes are there. It's like Justice League is has 100 to 100 members. I mm-hmm. right. Yeah. All right. So then looking past this, you know, technically this film isn't doing great in the box office right now. Um, it actually is. You're making less money than they originally thought it was going to do. Underperforming, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. What do you think? Um, you know, with the two films left of these DCU, do you you think people are checking out from this like a dying mm. franchise? Uh, yeah. What What would you do with those last two films? <laughs> if it were um, up to you. Yeah, I don't know, man. <clears throat> Blue Beetle looks fun, but like, I don't think it's going to make a lot of money. I think maybe it'll make like three hundred. Uh, Aquaman. We've all heard Aquaman is terrible. Uh, we've all heard Aquaman Two is yeah. not a good movie. Uh, from a mm-hmm. lot of test screenings, there's been a lot of a lot of rumbling that it is not a good movie. Unfortunately, and it still is. <laughs> yeah, um, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't think they're going to do very well. James Gunn. I think right now at this point, James Gunn was hired uh, with movies left on the slate. He probably wants to do his own thing. I mean people think that there's going to be some continuation and i i very 
uh, firmly believe that they're going to do a harder reboot in a completely different universe. Um, all new characters, all new storylines. I don't think they're going to take anybody from previous iterations of anything. Um, besides Peacemaker, obviously, you know, that's yeah. Peacemaker and Suicide Squad. I think that's that that's James Gunn's, you know, kind of characters. Right. And, and, uh, and Waller. Yeah, Waller. Yeah. I mean, they could take them, maybe do Elseworld, Elseworld stories since they're considering Pattinson's Batman as an Elseworld story in the dcu i think that yeah, <clears throat> maybe they'll do some D, some else world stories but i think at first they're going to focus on that chapter one with all those characters i think he's really got to nail superman i think he's probably really focused on superman legacy um zaslav probably just wants james gunn just to market these movies as best as he can you know make as much money as you can from these movies because I mean, this is it for the DCEU, you know, just uh, this this marketing push for the Flash was probably just to try and make as much money as they can, you know, from, from out of this movie because they spent such a high budget on it. Yeah, I think people are probably checked out. I think after this movie, people are going to be checked out, uh, which sucks because I'm sure Blue, Be- Blue Beetle's fun and uh, Aquaman 2, you know, we'll have to see how well that does. But uh. Yeah, Blue Beetle seems like a movie designed for streaming only. And I think... At first, it was Bad Girl and Blue Beetle that were supposed to release yes. on HBO. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. when I heard that Bad Girl might be maybe sucked, they switched Blue Beetle to cinemas. So I think Blue Beetle will be like five, maybe six out of ten, and it will be like a mid movie, and it will be okay. It will be like Shazam movie, like the same quality. And it will not earn a lot of money. It will be like 200, 300 million, maybe. But Aquaman, I'm glad they're not releasing... I'm glad they're releasing Aquaman at the end as the last movie of the DCU that that will be happening on the on the George Clooney Earth, on the Batman and Robin Earth, as I like to call it. Because for me, Barry, Barry and Aquaman and all of the other heroes from the, DC, from the old DCU on the surf and around the Batman Robin Earth. And I like, and I think that making this movie as the last movie of this series, both good and bad. Good uh, as in, okay, it's the worst movie from the DCU and it's the last. So like nobody, nobody cares at this point. And in bad, like, why the hell would you even release this movie? Why? <laughs> why? Drop it on Max and just give yourself a... They need to give themselves a break. I think they need to get yeah, out of people's yeah. minds a little bit. Yeah, I mean, they're going to take a year year and a half break. I mean, the first movie is going to be Legacy in um, July 2025. It's got to be good. It has yeah. to nail it. I mean, like, James Gunn is a good. He's a great movie maker. And the Guardians right. of the Galaxy trilogy is one of the great comic book trilogies of all time. Um, so I have a lot of confidence in him. I think... Superman is a character with a lot of heart and emotion. And I think that James Gunn knows how to write that kind of story. Um, you can see that James Gunn is a huge comic book fan. He's got, you know, Tom King's kind of under his wing now, helping him out. And, you know, they're doing a direct adaption of Woman of Tomorrow, which is Tom King's story. So and you're going to get... And I think Tom King is writing Green Lantern also, so... Yeah, you're going to get a lot of very accurate depictions. They're going to bring a lot of that DC style that that I think has been missing. Snyder kind of... Snyder took it more in like a fantasy kind of... I think he tried to do a little bit like Lord of the Rings kind of thing. Um, 
I think you're going to get a lot more like classic DC style. You're going to get like these, those bright suits and just mm-hmm. those classic stories that you're going to, I have a lot of confidence in, in legacy. I, I haven't always been a huge James Gunn fan, um, but I have confidence in legacy. I think it'll be, I think it'll be good. We'll have to see. Yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't always a big Superman fan, but when I saw Superman and Lois, it's like, I love Superman now. Tyler Tyler Hecklin is the best Superman. I don't think James Gunn and the people he'll hire won't create something better than the season three of, of the show, but I really hope it will be something different because just as you said, uh, Snyder created some sort of fantasy, but for me, he tried to create something different, something darker that we didn't see till now because... When you take a look at the previous superhero films, they were they were really optimistic and they were heroes that were really happy. Sometimes we're not counting uh, Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy, but that's that's not the point in the story. And I think that mixing the classic stories and taking a new look at the others is definitely the way to go because that way you bring the old fans who really love DC and you blink the new fans who want to, you know, who want to join the, the hype train. Absolutely. So before we wrap up, any last thoughts, things you need to get off your chest about the flash before we put this to rest and let the DCEU die go. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. There, there needed to be more Supergirl on the flash. That was my biggest gripe. Um, he gets uh, it. Huh? I said, he gets it. You're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. There needed to be more Supergirl. Uh, that was the most disappointing aspect. Um, I thought that the conflict between Zod and Supergirl was very short. Um, didn't really have a ton of meaning. Uh, that part was not very well written. I wish they would have done that a more justice. Uh, no pun intended. Uh, you know, it's just a middle of the pack DC movie. I didn't think it was the greatest thing ever. I didn't think it was on par with Dark Knight. I didn't think it was on par with uh, you know 1978 Superman. Uh, I saw a couple of people after the first screening were saying that and I was like, mm. you know, I just don't think anything's ever going to reach that level. This was good. It was fun. I had a lot of, I had really high expectations. Um, it was fun. I had a good time with it. I'd probably give it like a, I mean, I don't know if we do ratings, but I give it a 7.5 or 7.75, something like that. Almost an eight, somewhere in that kind of range. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's really just a movie that, you know, don't really think, don't, don't, put too much thought into it i would say i have just two things to say and the first one is this movie should have been longer like at least 20 30 minutes longer there's a lot of stuff to do to add and mm-hmm. i mean even you could have just make the whole final sequence longer and all that but and the I, second I thing is would have made the exposition a little bit shorter honestly that's that's one more thing i want to add is the first hour was a little long the second hour was a little bit too quick i think the pacing needed to be a little bit better but uh anyways yeah if you want to say goodbye to ben affleck who who was supposed to be at the second end uh, in the second end credit scene but no they also removed him uh give him more more screen time and the second thing is i'd really love i would really love to hear the Pink Floyd's Time song that was promoting the movie and <laughs> it was something that, that, that that's missing for me, but that's it. I okay. love it. T- 10 out of 10 mm-hmm. for now, at least. Wow. 
And with that, we are running out of time. So unfortunately, um, we're going to have to continue this conversation over on Twitter and or the Cosmic Circus. Check us out at thecosmiccircus.com or find us on Twitter and other social medias at My Cosmic Circus and our Cosmic Circus podcast Twitter at Cosmic Podcasts. Thank you again so much for tuning into the Cosmic Circle. My name is Brian Kitson, and you can find me on Twitter at Kitson301. Thank you so much, Vic and Drew, for joining me today. But before we go, can you tell the people where they can find you? Hey, guys, I'm Drew. You can find me on Twitter at uh, DrewReed1099. That's 1099 on Twitter. Hi, guys. It's Vic. You can find me at Sarki on, on Twitter. And there are some DC articles coming that I think you'll be really hyped to see. So stay tuned. We're looking forward to that. Thanks, guys. And thanks again, listeners. We cannot wait for our next trip throughout the cosmos with you. Goodbye.